So, uh, you know, we just try and do something for the guys for Father's Day, like we do the ladies for Mother's Day. And uh, we want to say Happy Father's Day to all you guys. And uh, it is, um, I'm grateful for the country doing these things that we give, um, you know, the opportunity for people to celebrate certain days. But, you know, every day is an amazing gift that God gives to us, and we should celebrate it, right? So let's do that. I, uh, I ask you right now that you would just look to the Lord with me, right? Father, we love you. Thank you for Jesus. Lord, we're just singing. We surrender. Lord, I surrender. And Lord, we ask you to just move in this place right now. Holy Spirit, have your way. Thank you for every person that is physically here in the room, on the campus, and those joining us online virtually. We ask you to move, Lord, today as only you can in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So every single week when we come together, we assemble in the name of Jesus Christ, and God is always faithful to be with us. We know that we're not a perfect church or perfect people. We're here because we need God's help, and Jesus is that help. So I pray that you're relying on him, learning to lean on him, learning to know the Holy Spirit's voice in your life. And so the way to do this in the beginning process as we travel through an understanding and developing a hearing ability to the voice of God that happens first and foremost in the word of God. And so I want to know if you spent at least five minutes a day, five days last week in God's word, listening or reading. Did you do that? Say yes. Yeah. All right. So we have all two of you that did that. That was a verbal response we're asking for. And if you weren't, you need to start today. Did you share Jesus with someone this week? If so, please say yes. Did you spend some time alone with God this week with no agenda? You know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you? Are you giving as God has asked you to give in your time, your talents, and your resources? Did you invite someone to church with you this week? All right. As we go today, I want to share with you from my heart that um, when, when God came into my life and changed me, and I was 19 years old when I gave my life to Christ, an amazing moment in my life that I will never forget. Uh, Kim and I were together. We were boyfriend and girlfriend at that time. We would get married one year later, but we gave our lives to Christ together, and God changed me. As you know, I've spoke to you before about being an introvert uh, as a child and growing up, be creating myself to be one as I was uncomfortable in my world and my flesh and who I was and what was going on in the world around me. When I gave my life to Christ, He completely began to transform who I was and what He wanted in my life. Two weeks after I got saved, I had the opportunity to speak at a church publicly and give a message. Two weeks. No education, no training, no nothing. I mean... Uh, that had to be God, first off, because churches would never do that. But a church found out about what had happened in uh, the transformation and, and God moving in the church and what happened in my life and that. And they opened the door for me to come and be in the pulpit and to share God's word with them. Well, I told you I was an introvert and I was very uncomfortable being in front of people. My senior year of high school, I'd tell you that it was required uh, to give a uh, speech class, public speech, to graduate from the school that I graduated from, which was Cherry Hill High School in Inkster, Michigan. One of those requirements was that. I knew that. My counselor had told me I had to take it. I took it the last semester of my senior year. I did not want to do that class. I did not want to talk in front of people. I didn't want people to see me or know I existed. And I I retreated within myself and felt like no one knew when I was there. So when I went to the class and it was time for speech, the teacher told us we could miss two 
speeches during the semester, and so I missed the first two. And it was intentional. I did not want to stand up in front of that class and speak about anything. We were given subjects and topics and information to do that. When I got up to speak in front of the class, you know, I was nauseous inside, sweaty hands, couldn't hardly talk, cotton mouth, and all those things. I made my way through that class and graduated. God came into my life at the age of 19. God asked me to speak for him. Now remember, I was that same guy physically, but God transformed me spiritually. Now there was a war within my flesh of the spirit that God had placed in me and the thing that I had created myself to be, which was an introvert. Therefore, to go and speak publicly in front of that group of people made me nauseous, sweaty palms, cotton mouth, like nothing else I had ever experienced in my life. So I tell you that because at the same time that I felt all those things, there was this burning fire inside of me that was the Spirit of God. And God had spoken to me in His Word, the Bible. And He had given me these words to share with those people. And so when I pushed through my flesh to step up in front of them in the pulpit and begin to speak, it was very difficult for the words to start at first because of how dry my mouth was. But as I began to speak, freedom began to move. And the Spirit of God began to move in me. Now look, church, I'm telling you right now, none of those messages would be anything anybody would want to broadcast. I know that. But God was in it because God is in His Word. God is not looking to be impressed by someone's speaking abilities. God's Word is what has the power, and it's the message of God that does everything and anything that will come about. As God allowed those doors to be open, and they continued to open doors, He did, as opportunities came to me to speak in different churches and different places and my home church and the pulpit was open, God blessed me and challenged me and moved in me to speak. I couldn't stop. There was this fire that was in me that God himself placed. Now I want you to know, church, that as I stand before you today, I'm not always comfortable speaking to you. I'm not. I'm not always comfortable doing public speaking. There's something that still wants to raise up inside of my flesh that doesn't want to make eye contact, that doesn't want to have that commitment of anything, that gets uncomfortable with what's going on or what's being said. But the Spirit of God is so strong inside and He's saying, speak. (laughs) God's amazing. I say all that to you, church. It's really important that you hear me. That I am seeking God's face, praying. And it is my desire that the only thing you ever hear coming out of my mouth is God's word and that you understand that it is God's word and it's not Dave. Because Dave's words don't mean anything. Dave can't change anyone. Dave can't do anything for God. The only way anything will ever happen in your life or mine is if God does it. And the way for that to happen in us is for God to speak into our lives. So I'm here to tell you that what is going to be said today is God's word, not Dave's. I don't have an ability to speak into you or change you. 
You need to hear what God is saying today from God, from His Word. Because, church, the only thing I could ever speak as I began and as I speak today is God's Word. And what people say to me that visit the church is, I appreciate that the message is biblical. And I'm thinking, well, what else is there? Seriously, what else is there? I mean, you can hear somebody talk anywhere you want to go. Not about that. It's about what is God saying and what does God want to do? And it's all found in his word. Now, I say to you today, church, that if you will listen, God will speak to you. And he is going to speak to us through his word today. No doubt about it. We as a church, we sang last week this song, that song that is titled Rattle. We sang it last Sunday. We sing it periodically. And I know the church loves it. I do. I love it. Amazing, powerful words. And the words in that song are referencing Ezekiel's message to the dry bones in the valley. And so as we sing that, in that song, there's so many different biblical stories that are being placed into that uh, that text of that message in that worship song. We hear this. There's nothing he cannot do. God. Church, there's nothing he cannot do. Do you believe that? Okay, there is nothing he cannot do. God's word, God's message is power. It is life-giving, life-changing power, but only because it's God. Church, we're going to look in Ezekiel 37, and we're going to listen and read through this scripture, and it is amazing. I love it. You know I've said it before, I love Ezekiel, because he was not a normal guy. I mean that in the sense of what you would look at and say, there's a man of God, there's a prophet of God. No, he was nothing like that. He lived different, he talked different, he acted different, and he presented his messages different. All because God asked him to. Not because he said, I'm going to be different than anybody else. It's because God said, you're going to do it this way. Well, let's go here. Let's not go there. Ezekiel 37. Listen to what God says. The Lord took a hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. First, I want to just stop for the second there and just say this. The Lord took a hold of me. (laughs) That's awesome. See, what Ezekiel is telling us is, this was nothing that I created, nothing I imagined. Something I didn't, it wasn't just a dream. It wasn't something I'm making up to tell you a story. He begins this whole thing with saying, the Lord took a hold of me and he took me somewhere. God was doing something, church. God was doing something. This is so amazing. Hear it because it is so profound what God is speaking to us today as I look at this. I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones, and He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. Isn't that awesome? Can you, can you have an imagination? Use it. Think about it. All of a sudden, you're there, and God's with you, and all of a sudden, He grabs you, and there you are, going around this valley. And have you ever been around bones? I've been out there in the desert. I've seen them, where cattle or whatever wild animal has been killed or died, and there's bones scattered around, picked clean, nothing left, just white. 
And they don't stay assembled because things are pulling them apart and they're falling apart and they're all over. So here's Ezekiel, unknown about anything that's going on. Don't you think he'd be thinking like, this is weird? I mean, seriously, God's just taking him and showing him a bunch of dried up dead bones. That's kind of a crazy sight. And he's going around and he sees all these things. And he led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. So you can see them, can't you? They're all white. No life. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? See, in our flesh, in our human, the answer is no. It is. No, life is gone. There's nothing there. Nothing here even exists to look like life. The reason why we see that is they were dry bones. It's like the absence of anything. So what does he say to him? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. He's deflecting it back to God. It's like, God, only you know that. Because in his flesh, you already knew the answer. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. (laughs) This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscle on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Isn't that awesome? What a message, man. God's like, look, I'm about to do something amazing. Something you've never seen before. Something that in your flesh you look and say, nope, no way possible. Only God exactly what Ezekiel said. So God tells him, speak a prophetic word. I want you to speak a message of life where there is no life. I want you to speak my word because I, God, am about to do something. Church, I, God says, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscle on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I, Ezekiel, spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves to com- as a complete skeletons. Then... As I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. You got the picture? Like a crazy scene going on. All of a sudden, click, click, click. It looks like Halloween. There's skeletons everywhere. And then all of a sudden, there's flesh and there's, there's muscles and everything. And now it looks like some crazy slaughter or night of the zombies has come to pass because there's bodies all over the place, but there's no life. Church, it's like this. This is what's happening. So Ezekiel's seeing all this happen. And as he sees all the bodies taking shape and form, and now they look like a bunch of corpses laying around with flesh and bones, then God speaks again. 
Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me. And breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet. A great army. Yeah, that's awesome, man. You should just give God glory right there. That is amazing. What a vision he sees. Like a whole valley filled with people standing, breathing, and living where once there was only death, now there is life. And he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we have become old, dry bones, and all hope is gone. Our nation is finished. (laughs) Therefore, prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open up your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, oh my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return to your home, to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Amen. That is awesome stuff right there. Man, you know what's so great about this? As we look back in the Bible, we see this prophecy, this prophetic message God gave in the Old Testament context to His people. The advantage you and I have today as we look back on that scene, that message, that truth, and we see that God did exactly what He said. God did that for His people. He brought them back, gave them life where there was no life. God did it. So as we listen today, and as we sit here knowing that God is good to His Word, this is what God Himself said to Ezekiel to give the message to the people. I, the Lord, have spoken. I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Church, I want you to know, God has spoken. God has spoken and His Word is good and it will come to pass. God is in full control and He knows what He's doing. God has a message. It's a prophetic message. And what may seem confusing in the moment to you and I is very clear to God. He knows exactly what He's doing. So, here's what God's doing. He shows Ezekiel this crazy like vision. I mean that in a good way. Crazy good crazy thing that he sees and he's going through all this and then God says I want you to know this is the purpose of the message this is the meaning of the message what I want you to do Ezekiel is I want you to go to my people tell them this no matter what things may look like no matter what the situation or the current climate is God has the power to do anything he chooses Church, no matter the climate or situation, no matter how it feels or appears in this very moment of our lives, God has the ability 
to do anything He chooses. And if I, God, the Sovereign Lord, chooses to speak life, there will be life. Because our God is able to do anything above and anything we could ever imagine or think as His Word says. Church, Ezekiel couldn't simply speak to bones and say, Get up! I don't care how much faith he had or what kind of words he spoke. He could not say, Get up, bones! And that's why he said, Only you know, God. Because there was no power within the man. The power was in the God who spoke the word in the first place. The power to assemble and renew was only available and possible because God said. Church, oh God, speak to us right now. Let us hear that word. The power to reassemble and become new was only available and possible because God said so. It did not matter how much Ezekiel said. It wouldn't have mattered how great or eloquent his speech was. If it wasn't for God, there would have been a valley of dry bones when he was done. See, God said, speak and I will. See this, church? God is the one. The word of God, the message of God is where life-changing, life-giving stuff happens. We can speak any words we want to, to anything we want to. But unless God is in it, God is inspiring it, God is the one who gave it, doesn't mean anything. See, the only reason those bones lived was God said they would. (laughs) Ezekiel was only the messenger of God's word. And that is what allowed the power of God to be realized. I want you to know, church, today that it doesn't matter who this guy is or who any other pastor is or anything else. If God's not in the message, nothing is going to matter. It has to be the message of God, the Word of God, and therein is the power of God. And that power is available in the receiver of the message. The power is not in the messenger. (laughs) It's God's Word. It's God's Word. See, God challenged Ezekiel with questions. And what God did was ask him questions of the impossible. God said, can these bones live? It's like, I already know the answer to that up here. There's no way, God, they're done and it's over. Their life has been lived. They no longer exist. Nothing's left. And that's why Ezekiel said, only you know. I can't say, God, only you know. Here's God's challenge. Please hear this. God says to the man of God, Ezekiel, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Okay? Please get that in your head. Then God says, I'm going to do a work. I'm going to make stuff happen. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will do this. It was God, not Ezekiel, that was going to do it. God made it very clear. Ezekiel, 
Your part is this. Speak that prophetic message. I'm going to do something. (laughs) See, Ezekiel was the message. He was the one that God was going to speak his word through. But he had no power to bring life or give life to the bones. The promise of God was given. And Ezekiel acted. So here's the thing. God said, I will. But church, when Ezekiel received this challenge from God and said, God told him, now go and speak this word, they were still dry bones. Nothing had happened. God said it would, but nothing yet had happened. There was still no assemblance of life visible to see. So God challenged him and say, speak a prophetic message. I want you to speak my word as if it is, for I will. Right? So I spoke the message as he told me. Those are the words of Ezekiel. I want you to know, church, it was full on obedience. And when Ezekiel obeyed God and spoke in spite of what he saw, God was able to move. God moved in that moment. It happened as he spoke. Listen, Ezekiel said said this, So I spoke the message, and suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. You hear this? God's responding to obedience because the response of the messenger was, Yes, God, and speak that truth. And when the truth went out, there began to be a sound of something happening. What was happening was God was moving. Church, there was no life. It was still dead. But God was moving. God was moving. Oh my goodness, man. Thank you, God. God move. (laughs) So here's God. I'm up to something. There's rattling of bones. Have you ever heard that clicking sound? Just a rattling of bones. God Himself did the reassembling. Ezekiel never touched a bone. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? God did it. God did it. Ezekiel never said, well, it looks like that goes with this. He wasn't giving him a puzzle. Ezekiel, put all this together for me and make an army. No, he said, I want you to speak the truth. And as you speak that message, God said, I will fix this. And then there was this moving, and in that moving, there's the sound. And the only part the messenger did was give obedience to what God said, and then God did. Nothing happened until there was an act of obedience. Nothing happened until there was an act of obedience to the Word of God. Pretty amazing. So this is what happens. A message is spoken. God begins a move. Rattling. Sounds as bones come together. Then flesh comes and covers them. Muscles and flesh and skin cover them. But there was still no life in them. Church, please. like This is so cool when you think about it. So as he's 
standing there and God begins to move all of a sudden there's skeletons and there's you know bodies and and then it's just like corpses everywhere and now everybody I can see they're actually people but there's no life in them speak a prophetic message now God says it again do you remember when God said what he was going to do the first thing he said is I'm going to put breath in them then he said I'm going to make them what, you know, all back together again. And then he said a second time, I'm going to put my breath in them. So here it is. The message comes. God's moving. God's stirring something. God's assembling. God's moving in this. And in the midst of that movement and the, the evidence of God's hand at work, God says, speak a prophetic message to the winds. So that's what the sovereign Lord says to him. He says, say this message. And he said the message, come, O breath, from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message. See how he's moving in obedience to what God says? And he spoke the message and breath came. The four winds came and blew upon those corpses and they raised up with life as a mighty army. As we look about that, the whole purpose of the message was to not only demonstrate to Ezekiel, but to the people that God was a God of power and God was about to do something. So church, here's what's happening. That nation saw death and destruction. They saw lifelessness and hopelessness. That's what they saw. God said that to Ezekiel. This is what they're saying. It's all over. We're done for. It's the end. God had a different plan. Church, God had a plan for resurrection and life. In a situation that seemed like there was no hope, God had a message. God had a message of faith and hope that he was not done yet. <laughs> hear this, church. Please hear me. The church today says these words, just like the people of Israel were saying words. The church today says, the government is dead. Church, I want you to hear me right when I'm speaking these words because you see, God is not in our government. Therefore, the church sees the government as dead because the absence of God is the absence of life. Therefore, the church says, that's dead. It's a skeleton. It's white bones. The church says the school system is dead. It has no God in it. Not saying anything about teachers that are Christians and all of you that do these things in all those areas. God bless you and thank you. I'm serious. But listen, I'm talking about how the church as a whole views these things. We are seeing the universities as dead. They're anti-God, teaching anti-God messages to the young people that are going there. It's starting now in elementary school and being indoctrinating them into anti-biblical, anti-God messages. And therefore the church looks and says, the government's dead, the universities are dead, the public school system is dead. Not only that, but many of the institutions that are teaching pastors and, and seminaries that are educating those that will take pulpits, it's dead. 
There's no God in it. There's no life in it. It's dead. We look at the court system. It's dead. There's no God. There's the prison systems messed up. It's dead. We look around us in our culture and we say, the family unit of a man and a woman, it's dead. Church, we look at all these things and the message that comes forth from the church is, it's dead. It's dry bones. In one of my doctoral classes I took uh, last year or so, we were in a group, and uh, I do online classing classes, and we're across the nation. And uh, there were, I don't remember, and I recall somewhere between 15 and 18 of us pastors that were in this particular uh, call online together. And in that call, we were studying uh, in that class the current climate of the church and what's going on in our nation and everything that was happening. So the, the professor of that class asked a question and asked that every single person in that group would answer this question. How many of you believe there is a move of God coming in the church today? That was the question. Now I want you to know, church, this is, uh, these are pastors from across the nation in Christian churches. I was the only pastor in that group that said, I believe there's a move of God coming in the church. I was the only one. The professor is the only other person that agreed with me. Every other pastor in that group said, it's dead. They were, some of them in tears, talking about how broken and messed up the churches and the communities and the people's lives they were dealing with. They said, it's dead. They didn't believe that God was going to move again. Church, this is what the church has done for several decades now. Please hear this. We have watched the decline and the destruction and the death that has come in and suffocated the life out of everything around us. And the church, in response to that suffocation and death, has said, Jesus is coming. And so we look forward to being jerked out of here and everything being great forever while we just acknowledge death all around us. I see dry bones everywhere. Therefore, Lord, take me out. Get us out of this place. Because God, all I see is death. There's death in every arena, including the church. God, there's death. Get us out. And we've kept this feather in our cap as a thing that we hold on to, as I don't have to deal with this, we're going to be out of here soon. Pretty soon we're going to be redeemed and everything is going to be okay. Church, I want you to hear this today. God is able. He is more than able to breathe life into what appears to be dead. And it's the people of God that are pronouncing the death sentence on everything around us. And we're looking at it as dead, 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 dead. God, get me out of here. I hate this place. Church, God's saying, I want to speak life. You know how many of us have raised up tombstones? Put that picture up for us, would you? I asked our tech team to put this picture on the screen for you. Because church, I want you to know that we have raised up gravestones. We've raised them up over our children. 
We've raised them up over our marriages. We've raised them up over our relationships and the church, the government, and everything else. The church has raised up gravestones and said, it once was alive, now it's dead. And here we belong to the God of life, not the God of death. We have the word of life that has been breathed into us. And what we're doing with it is pronouncing death instead of life. What have you labeled or seen as dead, church? What is it that you have seen and or already labeled as dead? See, some of us have had kids that have wandered away from God and they're way out there. And we're like, well... I don't know what's going to happen, but all I see is death right there. And then we're frustrated and say, God, what's going on? And God's saying, I'm not done. I'm the giver of life. Don't you know that God is chasing down your kids? Church, what about our marriages? We're so quick to pronounce them dead in the church. I'm not talking about the world. It's dead. I'm done. I'm out. We don't even give God a chance. When people call me and say they're having problems in their marriage, they've already made the decision and they're most of the time already apart before they ever say anything. We've already made up our minds. We've made the decision. Now we're going to tell the pastor, the marriage is dead. Just want you to know. We've already spoken it. We haven't given God a chance. We haven't allowed God to breathe life over something that we have killed See, church, what I'm saying is we have spoken death over things that God has not spoken death over. Okay. So do not misinterpret the message today. I know this is a prophetic message of God. I know it is. I know it is. But I'm not speaking a prophetic message of a resurrection of the United States of America. I want you to respectfully hear me. I don't care about that. Do I care? I love our country. I'm grateful to live here. Don't misunderstand me. But see, the prophetic message is not a a message to resurrect the United States from its ashes. Not at all. The move of God that God wants to have is a move of God where people are coming and repenting of their sin and they are receiving from Him the life-changing message and goods of Jesus Christ where the Spirit of God fills them and they are transformed and made new. That's the move of God. That's the message of God that He's speaking. That is the prophetic message of the church. Do you know how nations change? By people repenting and coming clean and being right with God. Do you know how schools change? Same way. Do you know how families change? Same way. Church, we already know the answer. It's God. And the only way anything will ever change is when we hear the word of God and step in obedience to what God says. When we step into obedience to what God says, things will change. That's God's word. The breath of God in His people changes lives, doesn't it? So this prophetic message of life, then expanding and increasing the family of God, is a thing that will impact the world around us. Church, I believe a move of God is coming. 
I believe that. I'm not just saying that. I wasn't saying it to be different in the class. I believe a move of God is coming. I want you to hear that. I want you to know that God wants to speak life. God is going to and is on the move. He is the giver of life. He is the resurrector of the dead. There is nothing my God can't do. And I believe there is a move of God coming. Amen. But listen, I, I want you to be, I'm, I'm being realistic with us because we need to see the truth. The truth is that a large portion of the church people are seeing not only their own situation as dead, but the, the situation around us as dead. See, we see those dry bones, the dead, all hope being gone as we look around. Because when you look around, there's not a lot of good stuff happening, is there? For real, there's not. There's a lot of bad stuff going on. And so it gets glorified and pushed in our faces. And we're looking at this gloom and doom message from everywhere we turn. That's all you hear. I want you to hear me, church. Before anything can happen, we have to hear what God's saying. Before anything can happen, we got to hear what God is saying. And then once we hear what God is saying, we have to act in obedience to it. Right? That's his word. It's, it's over and over again. Nothing can or will happen until those two things happen. We hear God and we obey. Period. So, I'm not taking this message lightly, nor do I think, I don't ever take any message lightly. I just want you to know that. I want us to just listen. Now, what are we listening for? Here's the thing. God is speaking. God has spoken. God has called us to a life of obedience. And therefore, as Christians, the Spirit of God is moving in us and He is leading us to life. Correct? God's Word says so. So if God is leading us to life, then the only way for us to experience the fullness of that life is through obedience. So it just goes to reason then as we sit here and think about that that what has God said to me that I'm not currently doing what is it that I'm not obeying him about now we're not here in church just to like check the box God doesn't he's not doing that I want you to know he's not like oh way to go you're in church this week I'm giving you a gold star get on your way now that's not what this is about it's about us living a life of obedience to God Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you have, say yes. Okay. What's God saying to you? What is He saying to you right now? What has He been talking to you about? What is it that the Spirit of God has been nudging you about? See, the Holy Spirit is the giver of the breath of God. He is the breath of God. The wind that came on the day of Pentecost, that's God coming. We have that inside of us. Therefore, the Spirit of God is breathing life. And His message is there. And the Word of God has spoken. And therefore, what God is looking for us is for us to move in obedience. When we move in obedience to the Word of God, God can move. That's when the sound of rattling starts to happen. <laughs> Are you acting and living in obedience to what He's already said to you? Are you? Church, 
It's us. It's us. God's speaking to His church. What's He saying? Are you acting in obedience? Are you doing it? There's not an if or a but at the end of that. Are you? It's a yes or no. If it's a no, you need to come to the altar and make it a yes. Stand with me. Thank you, Lord. Father, only you can take the words that are spoken out of the human mouth and make them God's word and the Spirit of God moving and moving in our hearts. And so, Lord, as you have moved through this congregation today, speaking into our hearts, I pray, God, in Jesus' name, that your people will hear your word and move in obedience, saying yes to you, God. Church, I'm asking you right now, as you listen to the Holy Spirit, allow him to show you where you've lifted up tombstones over things that God has not pronounced dead. (laughs) Would you bring those to him? And by faith, break them down and say, God, I believe you. I don't believe what I see. I don't believe the evidence that's around me. I will not give in to the message of death, but God, I listen to the words of life. Will you do that, church, today? Yes, Lord. God, only you can do these things. Only you, God. And so, God, we surrender to you and say, God, do it as only you can. In the name of Jesus, Lord, do it, God. God, breathe. Bring your breath from the four winds, oh God, in Jesus' name. Breathe on us, God, I pray. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen.